We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Thursday morning, the last show of the week. It's March 30th, man, we're (laughs) marching through, and uh, it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. How are you? How are things in Atlanta? Are you still, you know, dry, feet on the ground? What's going on? Yeah, it's dried out. Then it got cold again. Then it'll get hot again. You know, it's in the 30s this morning. Be in the 70s this afternoon. So, you know, good stuff. Pollen. I don't know if you know anything about southeastern pollen, but it's mm. it's bad. Okay. <laughs> it's bad. You get cloud dust of pine pollen go by and it sticks on your it, it like it's crazy. I'll show you some pictures as we get going. Hmm. Like, no, do you have allergies? Not really, but I do have uh, an allergic reaction to huffing crap up my face and into my eyes just because of it's a physical particle. So yeah. Yeah, it can get a little rough around here. That's uh, that does not sound very good. The Earth trying to kill us slowly but surely, but uh, it's getting us back. But uh, yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Jordan Reed. Anything else you guys want to talk about as well? But let's say hello to people in the chat first. First, LBJ coming in correcting. I believe Carl and I Tuesday night saying Mike Shanahan is in the Ring of Fame. You're right. Uh, I looked it up after that show, and you uh, I was like, man, was Mike Shanahan not in? Because I knew there was a little bit of a cantankerous situation between the Shanahan's and former Broncos caretaker, I guess, uh, Joe Ellis. Not the best situation there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he is in the ring of fame. I, you know, they had the press conference. They had him go out there. It was in 2021. So uh, glad they mended the bridges there. Yeah, enough time seems to heal most of those wounds as people get older and a little wiser, unless your name is Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, good call, LBJ. And uh, Mike Shanahan, why are we talking about Mike Shanahan? Apparently the uh, – Broncos ownership group has been talking with him through the coaching process and a bunch of different stuff. So he's a part of, they brought him in, leaned on him a little bit in this uh, organization. And I think probably just connecting some dots more, I've thought about it. One of the big things that Greg Penner talked about in the Arizona owners meeting press conference, he had with the uh, Denver media kept talking about Sean Payton and the staff he was able to bring in, you know, the different experiences, the diversity of that. That's something I bet Mike Shanahan was all about uh, talking about, like, it's not just Sean Payton. It's who he, who is he going to be able to bring in around him? Uh, one of the one of the first companies I worked with was a big advertising company, and the guy was world famous uh, in in the industry. And you know that one of his they, his name was David Ogilvy. So one of the Ogilvyisms was always hire pe- people smarter than you. You know, it's it's not everybody's secure enough to do that. But yes, you you want to surround yourself with smart people. That's mm-hmm. it seems 
simple enough, but there's a lot of people that don't want to be challenged and they typically end up failing or at least, you know, finding their own little niche in life and staying there. But Sean Payton is secure in himself. You know, he's, he's like I've said, I've said it a bunch. I'll say it again. You'll hear me keep saying he's arrogant in a good way when he's your coach, you know, he can, he can rankle your opponents the wrong way. Who cares? They're your opponents. When he's your arrogant a-hole, you love him. Um, and, and he's secure enough to make sure that he's not going to be threatened. When we were talking about, and that was one of the things about, you know, bringing in some of these high name, like a Vic Fangio, he's not going to be challenged by Vic Fangio. He's not going to be challenged by, um, who's the guy that's at Colorado that we were talking about, the former Minnesota guy that could come in. He's not going to be challenged by this guy. He's in charge. He's secure in his own skin. Nathaniel Hackett was never that guy. And then, you know, and then he had good reason to be because he had his legs cut out from him pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I will say, and first, uh, Michael Ronquillo kicking it off uh, the opener starting day. Hey, baseball's here. So we got our starter in uh, Michael Ronquillo saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Buck you too, Michael. Always getting us up with a nice buck in the morning. I always love a good morning, Buck. Uh, but uh, thanks so much, Michael. You're great. Um, it's great. And Buckham, you know, it's great too because, you know, the, the bucks are coming in from uh, from Michael. So we appreciate that. Uh, one thing also, you know, Sean Payton, coaching tree and whatnot. I do find it for, for as good of a offensive mind Sean Payton undoubtedly is. He hasn't had many sprouts off his coaching tree, have great head coaching success elsewhere. Uh, even, you know, the guy who was, coaching with him for a long time in, uh, oh God, who was the Chargers offensive coordinator that was just fired this last year? I can't, it I can't. Lombardi. It was Lombardi. Yes. Lombardi, okay. Lombardi, damn, haven't done very much. Joe Demi, uh, one of the, uh, Demi Kalis maybe, also uh, there for the uh, for the Saints for a number of years, but it's not like the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, where like literally almost every other offensive head coach in the league can trace their roots back to one of those two guys. So, uh I do find that a little bit interesting mm-hmm. with Sean Payton. I mean, not that he's not great, but it's that he hasn't had like crazy amount of success with coaches leaving from under his tutelage and his scheme and everything. Yeah. I mean, the one guy that got that super quick bump for getting Sean Payton coffee was Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden he goes from personal assistant to offensive coordinator at LSU to head coaching interviews to mm-hmm. flaming out. You know, that was not flaming. You know, it, it, yeah. He goes from that to quarterbacks coach. You know, I'm, I'm about to be a head coach to a quarterbacks coach, which is more in line with the direct trajectory he should have been on to begin with. Um, but people see this Sean McVay stuff and they always want to get the next, the next one, the next one. Who's the next one? Um, but yeah, that is, might be something to that. Um, I don't know. He had a lot of loyalty on the defensive side of the ball. Those guys were with him for a long time though, too. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to, it's tough to replicate some of the things that some of these guys do. I mean, what kind of success is Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest of all time had mm-hmm. with his coaching tree, you know, not a ton, honestly, it's been more, more failures and successes. Yeah. Then just looking at best coaching trees right now. I mean, yeah, Matt Patricia hasn't worked out. Uh, Brian Flores didn't work out. Jason Garrett didn't really work out. Adam Gase also, but um, Mike Vrabel been okay. And Nick, Nick Saban is also in that coaching tree um, as is a, uh, uh, Kirk Ferentz, right? Kirk Ferentz was the uh, offensive line coach for uh, Bill, uh, Bill Belichick in Cleveland all those years ago. So, uh, you know, some success there. And Andy Reid also has a hell of a coaching tree as well. I forget, can't believe I didn't miss uh, mention Andy Reid, but John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera, 
Steve Wilkes, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich. Uh, that's a that's a hell of a good one too. So not that to take away from Sean Payton, but you know, talking about the the coaching trees, it's uh, it is interesting how long he's been in the league and the success that he's had. That there hasn't been a a lot of coaches that have been brought with him, and I wonder if it's because Sean Payton isn't really so much it's Sean Payton's scheme. Like you talk about Kyle Shanahan, it's that West Coast outside zone scheme that everybody wants to get. Sean Payton plays matchup football. He's kind of an offensive chameleon, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So it's harder for to hire people because a he's the guy who's doing it. It's not like you're bringing a system with him. It's it is the system is Sean Payton. Yeah, you're bringing the play caller is more important yeah. than than any of it. The feel for for calling the game and the man management and and from a Denver Broncos point of view, you don't care no. about Sean Payton's coaching tree. No. <laughs> you don't care. Well, he's not going to be sending a ton of great coaches to the rest of the league. And <laughs> it is kind of nice though, if but you it, it is for for what you and I do, which is we we like the intricacies of the sport. It is interesting, mm -hmm. but for the Broncos' point of view, they don't care. If he's not sending guys out for, uh, you know, to get promotions and having to replace them all the time. The only thing I can think of is why it would matter is that if you do good enough, you do have some of your coaches start to get peeled away. If there are people you had former relationships with, they've been teaching what you want to do. So you can, it's like, you see like the Rams and the Packers and some of these teams just constantly swap coaches because like, oh, you hire a young one from us. I'll hire a young from one from you. And we'll do that same dosi do year after year because they're teaching the same kind of system and scheme but the other Swingers. one is that if you do good enough hiring guys let's say you bring a minority coach up and he gets hired after two years as a coordinator to be a head coach elsewhere those comp picks are gonna i'm be I, i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna bring the th that into it just not it's part of the game though uh it's uh if you're not using that to your advantage to build a team like the comp picks for in free agency then you're leaving a little bit of potential meat on the bone i know i just i not a fan of it, it. I think it's disparaging to a certain extent. Honestly, I do. Yeah. So I, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Well, the, you know, the, the, the middle-aged white guy, I know I get it, but I, I just feel like it's disparaging to a certain extent for minority candidates. So yeah, we want to bring him in so we can get rid of him and get, get something back. I, that just rubs me the wrong way. It just feels icky to me for some reason. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. That not that you get that, but that that's why you would want somebody. We wanted, you know, that that just feels doing the right thing for the wrong, you know, I don't know. I just it it it, it gets me for some reason. I don't I feel it's disparaging. Good potential end results for the wrong pathway or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh yeah, something. um Still, uh, it's pretty interesting to talk about, but let's say hello to some more people coming in here. Jeremy's saying only a four-round mock for the Broncos this year. For now, uh, we'll see what happens here with their selections, but it's still a seven-round mock because you're going, you have to get through rounds one to three to mock round four or whatever. So I'd still, it's the last round as far as it goes is what the mock is. Um, Denver Luke coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. It's been a while since I've watched live. Well, good to have you back, Denver Luke. Hope you're doing well. And uh, appreciate you stopping by and saying hello. We got Miguel Santa Steven coming in saying good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Miguel. Hope you're doing well. Got our guy Ethan coming in saying good morning, everyone. Good morning to you, Ethan. Hope you're doing well across the pond. And Miguel says the junipers are bad over here. That was when we were talking allergies and stuff. And if Miguel, if you don't, if you haven't been in the southeast, you've never seen pollen like the southeast. It's crazy. Wait, wait until I'll, I'll take a couple pictures and, and post them on here. It looks like an apocalypse event with tennis balls have blown up all over everything. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely had a few. Like, oh, I, I should have taken. I had this beautiful like blue gray cat one time and uh, she was indoor outdoor and I, I called her and she came out from underneath some, some, some bushes and trees and she was just covered in pollen. I'm like, my God, are you an allergy commercial? This pollen covered cat. I was like, I should have taken a picture. We, I definitely had some pine trees that like we'd throw the football around or baseball or Frisbee or something and hit a branch and it would just be, yeah, just like an explosion of pollen, but uh, (laughs) not as bad in the, all the Midwest is different too. They have like, they had a foot of snow last week and now there's like really high tornado warnings this week. It's, it's spring. Peter Middleton. Hi from Cambodia. Hi, Peter. Hope you're doing well. We were talking about you a little bit uh, last week. Scott and I were like, man, we haven't seen Peter too much here recently. And then you've been in pretty a uh, couple shows back to back here recently. So glad you're back. Hope you're doing well. Glad you're safe and healthy. Montana Altitude. Good morning, Broncos family. Good to see you, Montana. And uh, we also got our guy Chase Welner coming in, flexing on us. Good to see you, Chase. Donald Williamson saying morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you, Donald. Dom, our guy out there in Albuquerque. Saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Shane Hanna, good morning to yous twos. We say we say y'all around here. Scott and I have fully embraced y'all and f- folks. Uh, very uh, inclusive, just everybody. You know who are you talking to? Y'all, all it's y'all, great. all y'all, every single one of y'all. We are not the we're not using like Warsh or anything like that. Like my family in Missouri, but uh, fixing too. I don't like fixing too. If I'm fixing something, it's because it's broken, not because I'm about to go do something. Yeah. Yep. And. uh, Jeremy Sean coming in and saying Shani should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago before Bill Cower. He should have been. And again, talking about it, you can't write the history of the league without talking to Mike Shanahan because of his scheme is and what he did in the league is being implemented by a third of the teams in the NFL. And granted, you know, that's you can even trickle up to that with uh, uh, Bill Walsh. But still, you know, Shanahan, the value of the running back, you know, the offensive line, the out the wide zone. Uh, Mike Shanahan is definitely a renaissance man in the league and his uh his impact is being felt felt 
highly still to this day. Sunny days. Good morning. Beautiful sunset picture there. I'm assuming maybe it's sunrise. I don't know. East coast, West coast, but a great picture there. We had a beautiful sunset last night here in Seattle. So I'm still riding the high on that. Jeremy confident when it's positive, arrogant, when it's negative, depends on the mood, right? <clears throat> Dom coming in saying, let's go Dodgers. Ugh. Man, Scott, is there a team that you Dodgers are on a pretty low Mets. on the list? The Mets. Okay. That makes sense. For me, it's, it's the Cubs. The Mets. Um, <clears throat> in the eighties, the Braves were God awful, just, yeah. just God awful. And the Mets were good. And I'd go to games and Mets fans don't have us. It's not just Mets fans, it's fans from the North in general don't have a Southern hospitality of welcome to our house. Let's have some fun. They kind of walk in like they own the place and take over and were super obnoxious and they were good. And there were more Mets fans and Braves fans because the Braves were awful. And I learned at a very early age was like, if New York is so great, take your asses back to New York because you weren't traveling to come see the team. You already left New York to come down here. Let's go Mets. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's Mets for me far and away. The team I dislike for me, it's the Cubs. God, I hate the Cubs, but uh, <laughs> Zach powers morning guys. Good to see you. Richard miles. Good morning. Hope all Broncos fans doing well. I think so. Brad D in the house. Good morning. And we got our first uh, super chat coming in on the YouTube side of things. Uh, we had, uh, Michael kicking us off on the Facebook side of things, but we got Elliot D on YouTube saying, good morning, guys. Thank you from Page, Arizona. Must be something in the, the water in Arizona. You guys are very uh, generous uh, with our show. Says, uh, send one more water. If you read Elliot's super chat here, send more melted snow down this way. Lake Powell needs some help. Well, uh, hopefully you can get some. I don't know what the what feeds into Lake Powell out there in Arizona, but I think there's another round of rain and storms being hit on the uh, the Western Divide right now in California. So, uh, you want that rain and uh, snow melt, but let's have it be, you know, slow, <laughs> nice and easy. Because when it melts all at once and you get a big rainstorm, that's when you have a lot, a lot of problems out there. There's no place you're safe from Mother Nature. None. That's nowhere. That's you name it and I'll tell you what's coming to get you. Now, some you might like worse than others or, you know, that scare you more than others. You know, people like, oh, this, the heat and the tornadoes and the lightning and the hurricanes. I'm like, you know, an earthquake is floods fires <laughs> tsunamis those, those, are, those are no uh those are no joke out west either no uh cj morris coming in with some draft talk talking uh, broncos need to draft lonnie phelps edge uh i think lonnie phelps was at the senior bowl scott if i'm not mistaken he was a kansas edge rusher a little bit undersized but i'm a big fan of him i think he's uh definitely got a chance to be a rotational edge in the league and he's somebody that let's say that he falls to the fifth round, uh, the Broncos take him, then you maybe are looking to flip a Jacob Martin or a Jonathan Cooper for, you know, kind of like the Malik Reed special where you, uh, you get a six back or maybe a fifth back and you send a seven with that player, but, uh, it helps reset the room. You get a younger player in the room. You get another, uh, four years of control in that uh, player. So Alani Phelps is a good one. Broncos definitely considering edge right now. Uh, I think the room is a little bit, I don't want to say crowded, but I think they could go into next season right now and be okay at edge. They don't really, I don't think they have like a dominant set of edge rushers, but they got some potential here and they got bodies that you should feel okay with. So if you bring in an edge, somebody's probably got to go. Maybe that's how you kind of start to add a little bit of uh, more depth and more picks in 2024 as well. He was a lot undersized, uh, you know, six two, two forty four, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, there were some lighter guys there, but he was, he was small. And the thing is, is he wasn't dominating with quickness like he should have, considering he was 
hundred pounds less than some of these guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're talking third and beyond here. Okay. Um, but he's not a guy I would be, you're, he's not a guy I would be like, Oh yeah, you're going to come in. He's going to make a huge impact at edge. Well, and frankly, those guys are gone, you know, by the time the, the, the including Nick Benito, Nick Benito was a Rotation 60th on. overall pick late. The, the guys that you're expecting to make an early impact, they're gone by the time the Broncos are picking. So if you can get a guy that can develop, maybe so, but I, I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, Lonnie Phelps, he's going to come in and back some guys up. It's like it's the Jonathan Cooper, Malik yeah. Reed area of player, which yeah. you need those guys. You and do. if you're talking you day do. three, and especially later in the rounds, you get, you get a productive player. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so it depends on where we're talking about getting him. Not in the third for me. No, 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 no. I said six round. Yeah. Like not, okay. <laughs> no, no third. He's not going in the third. Um, if I said third, then I'm definitely misspoke. Um, no, day three. Uh, but. I'm looking at third too. I'm still, I'm, I'm getting ready to go through this draft and thinking about who yeah. I want to take where, and it's going to take a while before I get to Lonnie Phelps. Yeah, no, we, I, we could even look in where he goes, but the uh, dark iron coming in here saying made it love, uh, made the love. How's it going guys? I'm excited. Alive, but you know, okay. Freud, Freud says there are no accidents. So good for you. Dark iron. <laughs> he just loves us so much. Um, it says excited for special teams this year. Going to be the X factor. I mean, you're talking to a Iowa Hawkeye fan here, Dark Iron, and uh, if you don't enjoy special teams, you're not going to enjoy the football product. So uh, the special teams should be better this season. Sean Payton has talked about it a lot. Obviously, it was un- unacceptable last season. The Broncos have made moves to improve that unit. They might not be done there either. It's going to probably take a couple years. And talking about Monty Phelps earlier, the, the transition from special teams. The one thing about taking a guy like Monty Phelps late is that, okay, he might be a niche, uh, solid pass rusher, but because he's not an athletic specimen, specimen how is he going to be as a core four player kick return punt return kickoff uh punt punt coverage or that kind of thing not the kicking game not the kickers themselves but the people who are covering those units uh because not the athlete i like to use those day three picks to find height weight speed athletes that like okay maybe they don't find a way to the field but damn they can run and hit (laughs) traits guys you know as 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 george payton referred to him you're looking for traits guys at this point yeah Rob saying good morning. Everybody will have any updates when the season starts April 11th, or is that completely sealed off of media? Um, I'm not sure uh, about any updates there. We'll see what, when the news comes. I kind of just ride the wave. Um, when things happen, they're like, okay, the schedule's been announced. That's great. Good for us. Uh, but uh, Gary Palmer coming in, 1999, saying good morning, Nick and Scott, Broncos country, Broncos for breakfast, for life. Go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you, Gary. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming yeah. in, Gary. Good to see you as always, and thank you for the support, my friend. Big time, Gary. Barry's always really generous. Kevin Gray, morning, Broncos country. Hope everyone's doing well. Good to see you, Kevin. Always appreciate you coming and saying hello. Mason also mentioned another guy on the address spot, Christopher Allen. Christopher Allen's a lottery ticket. Uh, maybe he felt undrafted despite having some tools and traits. Makes me worry about him maybe long term, but uh, we'll see. If he does anything this season, you get him. Maybe you're even more crowded in that room and you trade one of those guys regardless, but no such thing as having too much quality edge rusher. If you're, if other teams are taking your worst players, that means your room is probably pretty good in the back end and a good rotation. Michaela. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Also sent a super sticker, Michaela. Thank you so much. Or is this uh, your son coming in? I saw that he said hello yesterday, Cooper, um, but uh, we didn't get to him, but uh, hello, Cooper. Michaela's going to be on tonight, actually, in the superstar segment on mile high huddle. That's awesome. I'm sure Cooper will come in and say hello. seeing you again. We appreciate it. Quentin coming in. Quentin always appreciates you. $20 coming in orange. You guys are killing it today for us. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. 
CJ Morris also says he's a KU fan, so he's a little biased. That's okay. Doesn't mean you're wrong, as Scott would like to say, but uh, we'll see what he do, uh, Lonnie Phelps does and goes yeah, this year. for sure. I, that's one of my favorite phrases. I might be biased. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. We're all biased. Some of mm -hmm. our biases are stronger than others, but bias is what makes us who we are. Yep. That's your personality. We're all biased. Doesn't make me wrong. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, have you have you messed around with chat GTP yet? I have all? not. Okay. They like one of the big things that says like right away is like not all the information is correct. There's biases in here and whatnot because a yeah, human built it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there's there's bias in everything. Now, you know, mm -hmm. trying to be neutral is recognizing your bias and compensating. And a lot of times, as negative as I am, I overcompensate. So <laughs> when you're a cynic pessimist like me, you overcompensate for your biases to a certain extent. I'm unfortunately the same way with So don't take this guy, he's terrible. <laughs> with Iowa guys, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, you're not, you're biased. Iowa fan. I was like, ah, I mean, I try to say it as it is, you know, let's, and I overcorrect, you know, I'll give them a round down to fight my feelings. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Philip coming Thank in. You, Jamal, by the way, yeah. I appreciate the support y'all coming in like that strong. Yeah, Jamal always says hello. And he also says good morning, Broncos country with a cup of coffee. Philip Hagginson coming in. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you, Philip. We really appreciate you and Jamal. Yeah, Jamal says good morning, Broncos country. You guys are on top of it today, man. It's been hard to keep up. I'm like fighting through all this, uh, the Snapchats. It's great, um, but it's awesome. And Flynn Dillon coming in. This is Scott, this is a good one for you. It says, looks like Clayus Campbell went to Atlanta. Uh, mm -hmm. Would have liked to see him be a Bronco. Good guy would have brought a lot to the locker room. Yeah, he would have. And uh, he's going to do good things in Atlanta. And I'm I'm happy for him and good for Atlanta. Uh, making some moves this season. Getting a guy like that kind of says that maybe the arrow is pointing the right way in Atlanta after a long, long bout of dead cap. Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, just that this is a little bit of a statement signing for the Falcons, like, hey, this team's ready to turn the corner. You know, maybe not compete for a championship, but turn the corner. Um, the owner got involved in this one, who is one of the, at least, you know, everything he does publicly. You know, I don't know what he does behind the scenes, but he covered, but publicly is a, a tremendous human being. Mm -hmm. uh, spent a lot of time, you know, giving back. And a conversation with, uh, with Campbell about, life after football, you know, I think sealed. It was a one-year deal. You know, what do you do in the community service, charities, uh, buying into the vision of the team, that type of stuff is, is it was almost secondary that I, I think that, you know, Atlanta is a really great place to, for young athletes to retire and raise a family and do all of those type of things that they want to do. And I think that helps sell Campbell to, to come down here, but should be a good pickup. Yeah. Uh, it should be a good pick. I'm excited to watch him. Hope he does well. And we got our guy Philip coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Wow. Live show. Wow. Indeed, Philip. I uh, hope you're doing well. We appreciate Phil. He's also says, unfortunately, it's because of the flu. God, mm. uh, that sounds dreadful. Have a great day, guys. Well, hydration, sleep, you know, take care. We're of glad you're here. We're sorry. Why? Yeah. <laughs> God, we're sorry why you're here because you're homesick. But we're glad you're here. And hopefully we can help help you kill an hour, Philip. I am the 
my wife will tell you, but I am the world's biggest baby when I have a cold or I'm not operating at like high function. If I feel bad, I shut down. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna sleep forever. It's I'm gonna, 8 p.m. I'm gonna generalize here and I'm gonna just go ahead and say this is generalization, but you know, men and women. It's like men are the biggest babies about, you know, the little things. And then it's like, oh, my leg's broke. It's it's fine. I'll walk it off. But the little things were awful. Just, just awful. Take care of me. I, I don't feel good. I can't function. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Your shoulder's uh, hanging out of socket. It'll be fine. Rub some you dirt know? in it. But the little things. I got this hangnail. It's bleeding. Can you fix God. this? The worst. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, we're about 20 minutes in. You guys have been Women killing are just today. tougher than men, period. How's that for a generalization? I mean, it's it's true. <laughs> but uh, God bless those ladies out there. But um, yeah, God, uh, got me off track there. But I'm to make an <laughs> Iowa women's Truth comment. bomb just blew yeah. Nick up. That's <laughs> nah, just too true. But uh, Jordan Reed, um, friend of the show. I've uh, been talking with Jordan for probably five years now. He's come on. He came on building the Broncos, I think, three or four times before he was uh, at ESPN. Um, you know, we covered it, talked with him at uh, when he's at the Draft Network, before Draft Network. And he's been a solid riser uh, throughout the process in the draft media. So any chance I can talk about, you know, Jordan Reed uh, out there, he's I think he's doing a great job at ESPN. Not really in the the TV side of things, but working the draft content and the written side a lot for ESPN. And uh, also, I mean, he does good work, but he's also a great dude. So shout out to Jordan Reed getting a seven round mock draft and having analysis on each of the picks for in the first three rounds, like, you know, two or four sentences written about each one. And then uh, mocking the rest of the players, slotting them and then having like a little blurb for every single round after that day three. But uh, what a tremendous amount of work. I can't imagine doing a seven round mock for every single team. Uh, so <laughs> God bless him. Uh, that's, uh, I can't imagine the work. It yeah, just doing terrible. this and, and Bill Barnwell is a writing machine. Mm-hmm. You know, Barnwell's yeah. like, you know, oh, here's the latest column from Bill Bar- Barnwell. It's 50,000 words. I'm like, God bless, man. That's pretty impressive. Um, if we transcribed what we talk about gassing for an hour, it wouldn't fill that much space, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is a, it's a hell of a piece of work from Jordan Reed. Yeah, good guy too. Um, hope he's doing well as twins. So he's a he's a busy man. Robbie Red says, "Good morning, gentlemen. You guys going to any Bronco games soon? Well, we'll see. Maybe this year. Uh, would love them to come back out to Seattle. However, you, Robbie Red, I don't know how, how much you've been around the show, but you do not want me going to a game because I am like over nine live in attending. So it's not great. Um, but uh, what can you do? Brian Maine. Yeah, I'm Scott. Scott's lucky. I'm bad luck. <laughs> Scott's. Maybe I need to go to Atlanta game, Scott. Then they'll win there. Um, maybe but, uh, I. I've been to more Broncos games than I've been to Falcons games in the last 10 years. I don't, I don't remember the last Falcons game I went to. Honestly, it was probably out in California, either San Diego or, uh, or Oakland. Hmm. I mean, God, it looks like a beautiful stadium there. I will say, I think I made a deal with the universe. It's been so um, long that neither of those teams are even there anymore. <laughs> no, God. I, uh, I think I made a deal with the universe, uh, in 2011 that used up all my good luck. And his internet with my dad on that game six of the his internet all the way too. So the, um Ryan comes in and says, Nick, I haven't heard you I'm connect bad. the Broncos to Trey Palmer as a reason why Huskers fan. I've definitely connected the Broncos to Trey Palmer. Um, you heard me when we were doing the senior bowl stuff, talk about how Trey Palmer took an absolute I don't want to be too graphic here, but whipped the absolute crap out of the Bron- or the Hawkeyes in that game. I think he had like mm-hmm. 180 yards and two touchdowns. And like, he was the reason that Nebraska won that game. Uh, he's a speedy receiver, a uh, former four star. He's great. If the Broncos could get him, I think round four, I'd be looking for him. Uh, so that's, he's a, he's a, definitely an option for the Broncos. 
Yeah, and um, he's he's taking his visits now. I know the Falcons are bringing him in as well. It's one of the reasons I've seen him. Uh, I saw him. I, what was interesting for me, Ryan, when I saw him at the Senior Bowl, I didn't know he was that fast. That's a good thing. You know, it's like, okay, I really like this guy's game. Now let's see how it translates to the numbers. Oh, my God. He's a 4-2-9 guy. I had no idea. I said that last year about Christian, Gonz- uh, Christian Watson. Yeah. I really like this guy's game. If he runs anywhere under 4-6, I'm happy 4-3. Okay, well, he he ended up being top of the second round and a really good contributor for the Packers. I liked his game. I liked the routes he was running, his hands, all these type of things. He didn't get a chance. You rarely get a chance to show off your flat-out speed in, in seven-on-sevens unless you can just you know run a straight nine and someone happens to see you do it. So I liked what I saw to him, and then I loved what I saw him testing then. So I think he's he's got a chance to be a pretty good player. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit too. I wanted to give a shout out to David saying, Morning, Nick and Scott got medically cleared from use of all oxygen yesterday. Well, that's great to hear um, that you're off of the uh, ventilator there or any uh, su- supplemental oxygen. Um, it's, that's no fun. Um, working in the medical side of things, I you know see medical records pretty often, and that seems like a, a miserable time. So uh, shout out to you. Good job. Good, good job for your body fighting back, and uh, yep. glad to hear you're on the mend. Congrats. Uh, take advantage of it. Get stronger, uh, healthier. And it'll be nice not to have that leash, I'm sure. So congratulations, my friend. Yeah, but well, before my internet pooped for one second, uh, I used up all my luck in 2011 because I was at game six of the 2011 World Series where the uh, St. Louis Cardinals came back from their final strike twice uh, to beat the Texas Rangers. And that was like the most improbable baseball game in circumstances I think that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. You ever see those like win probability charts? It looked oh, like I'm freaking... familiar with them. I've, yeah. I've watched, you know, Braves. remember, I've watched the Atlanta Falcons for years. Falcons too. <laughs> well, that, uh, that one with the uh, Cardinals versus the Rangers was unbelievable, being down to their last strike twice. Uh, David Fries, if you're ever in St. Louis and I bump into you, free drinks for sure. Doug Reichel coming in, beautiful cat. I always love the pretty kitty here. Now I see a cat. Yeah. Yeah, now that I know what I'm looking for, because it's I, I blew it up over on this monitor over here. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a great cat. So yeah. thanks for coming in with the stars. And let's get into this. We're already 30 minutes into this. I want to get into this mock draft while we still have yeah. time. Yes, absolutely. So the Broncos, uh, third round picks here. He's got them picking pick uh, 67 and 68. Uh, and for the first pick for the Broncos, he has them going with the guy that I mocked the Broncos a lot. Um, a guy that I've really, I haven't mocked him there as much since the Broncos got Zach Allen. But again, never no such thing as too much pass rush. Zach Harrison. Uh, he writes, Zach Harrison, edge rusher from Ohio State. He writes that the Broncos need help off the edge and the six foot five Harrison is long and an intriguing defender. He still needs polish as a pass rusher, but his traits are worth betting on in hopes of unlocking the next stages of his development. He's never topped three and a half sacks in a season and four tries for the Buckeyes, but he could be better pro in the right system. Yeah. Zach Harrison is a very linear, long power pass rusher. He's not a guy who's got tremendous bend, not doesn't have tremendous flexibility, but he is a great tester. And he's got incredible length. I think he has 35-inch arm length or something ridiculous like that. Former five-star recruit. Just never was fully unlocked at Ohio State. And Scott, I don't know how much you followed Ohio State the past few seasons, but they're, they were a defensive powerhouse, like developing players and whatnot. And then the last like two or three seasons, they've kind of really fallen off on the defensive side with, from the developmental uh, perspective. They brought in the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator last season. Got a little bit better there, but uh, Zach Harrison kind of a – a lost man um, after the Bosa slash young years there. He was supposed to be the next in line. Didn't work out. That's recruiting. And sometimes you miss. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys on defense is recruiting. I think you looked it up one time and it was, 
you know, the amount of hits on the five-star guys on the defense is much higher. I'm like, cause that's where the athletes are. Yeah. You know, the, the, the better athletes are on defense. That's just, you know, there's exceptions, of course, you know, you get your six, five wide receiver and stuff, but typically your better athletes are on the defensive side of the ball. So they're easier to, they're easier to scout. Yeah. Um, 36 and a half inch arms is what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. At, at six, five and a half, 275 pounds traits guy who could grow and develop inside, outside. Very interesting with the next pick. Uh, we, we've talked to edge and corner a lot. Yep. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. Uh, Stevenson would give Denver an aggressive man coverage corner who can play in the inside, outside in the slot. Um, I always look next five or six picks. Who else was there? And start wondering what else could I have done? And I probably could have found a spot if I'm making a change here for Cody Malk. Uh, guard center out of North Dakota State goes 71 to the New Orleans Saints. Um, you've dressed left guard you've addressed right tackle i don't know that malk would be an immediate upgrade at center any more than uh than miners was it's, that's a big jump to the nfl from north dakota state wisconsin whitewater whatever you want to say on that at but i also said coming into the free agency period i knocked it down to five but i said all along i want six six new offensive linemen between free agency and the draft you've gotten three now Two starters and a and a and a ninety man backup guy and Kyle Fuller at center. I, I still want at least two more and and Cody Mock available at that spot coming on the interior would be a pretty good pick. That might be where I'd gone in that spot, Nick. Yeah, the thing about Cody Mock is that I think he's purely an outside zone kind of guy because he's built like a tight end, and I think Sean Payton is probably wants a little bit more girth and mass. He's powerful though. Yeah, maybe I'm just thinking, you know, I'm looking at him and, and all of a sudden, you know, Miners is coming to mind. Yeah, I don't know, think he's or, or Dylan big. Radins or somebody like that. And they're just the small school and I'm 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 getting those guys, but he's I like him. I really do. Yeah, he's he's a good player. Uh Tyreek, real quick again about Zach Harrison before we move on. Zach Harrison uh probably would have been thought higher if he hadn't uh, suffered a minor hamstring injury before the combine and didn't run. Uh he did not participate in the drills. If he did I'm not sure where he'd be going, but I think he would have tested extremely well, uh, given what his high school recruiting numbers are. And maybe he would be higher. Now, the production isn't there, but you're betting on tools and traits. That's just the reality of the position. And honestly, if you could combine um, Nick Benito with Zach Harrison into like one player, uh, they would be a top 10 kind of pick because Benito has the finesse, the bend, uh, the burst where Harrison is a very strong, powerful, lengthy size guy. So you you pair those two together in a rotation and you have a starting caliber edge with uh, two players playing those different roles. So it, it was, is an ESPN plus article for those of you on the link, just to, as a heads up, you know, you'll see aggregate pieces of this. Um, and we'll talk about it on this, but it's for the full seven round mock draft. It is a, it is a premium article. Yep. Uh, so shout out to uh, Jordan Reed again, going through his mock draft. Uh, and also Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, we went through the uh, mock draft, the the Falcons one, I think the other day, Scott, or recently, and every single time we've come around like the second, third round, it's like Tyreek Stevenson's a good cornerback. I mean, he'd be a good fit here if we are looking for depth at corner. Right now, the Broncos' depth at cornerback after their starting three is absolutely dreadful, especially at uh, boundary cornerback. Uh, I mean, after Damari Mathis and obviously Patrick Sertan, it's just question marks. I mean, they got rid of Lamar Jackson. Uh, the cornerback from Nebraska, not the uh, the quarterback from Louisville. And uh, the, the, after that, I mean, just 
Lord knows. I mean, you had Jaquan McMillan show okay last season, but an undrafted free agent at cornerback, he's your first guy off the bench. That's not a good look. That's, I mean, that's a position that I'd be very worried about. So getting a cornerback here, also the Broncos have been doing work on cornerbacks uh, in this range of the draft. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't have any problem with that position at all. Just make sure you get it right. And there are some, we, we've talked about, you can get good value in third. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some corners that are still in here that I really like that were available in his draft. And that's why we do mock drafts. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not who are you going to take. It's who could you possibly have available when it comes up. Let's learn about these guys. And we can hindsight grade them. It's fun. It's it's not, no, it's, it, all it takes is, Here's my 32 first round mock draft. All it takes is one guy that you had at 28 to go to five and the rest of them are wrong. <laughs> it just, it pushes everybody down. So, um, but I look at this in the third round and I see Darius Rush at yeah, 80 to good. the Steelers. Good player out of South Carolina. I scroll down a little bit more. I see Caillou Blue Kelly to the Seattle Seahawks at 83 out of Stanford. Another really good player. So there should be some guys available there for sure, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And one final point I wanted to get to, but first, Timder, good morning, Nick and Scott. What's good, Broncos country? Just going through Jordan Reed's seven-round mock, uh, talking about the Broncos here. And also we got Brad saying he likes mock. Uh, Broncos need edge, tight end, safety. They need they can go any which way. Uh, you need good players. You need good need players in depth. Just, yep. Need a starting center. Probably need another running back. And That's who need... I didn't see, Nick, in the next 20 picks was one of our centers. They're yeah, they're all gone. I mean, yeah, they went uh, Avila went he's within range honestly the broncos loved him they could probably go up and get him uh he went at 58 to dallas wipe uh, luke wipler ohio state goes 65 to the texans yep um, and then way up early start, second round. start getting interested too joe tipman 42 overall and then uh, my number one center john michael schmitz 37 overall so he's gonna sneak into the first he, he's got a chance he might yeah i mean he's any of those chance. guys could yeah tipman uh, tipman and i think tipman and or john michael schmitz go in the first Whoever yeah. needs a center and says, we want a plug-and-play guy, this is who we have graded higher, that guy's going in the first. I agree with you, um, and we'll get to this one. Okay, I have another point I wanted to make still about this range of the draft, um, but you can talk about this first. Um, Jalen Duncan coming in from Bimmelbahn. Um, this is my guy that if he's there in the 90s, that people are going to be kicking themselves. He should be going at least top 75. And I think, honestly, 30 to 60. Second round, okay? I think he's a second round guy. Jalen Duncan, offensive tackle, University of Maryland. Um, I've had one of these guys each year that are ranked right in that area. Spencer Brown two years ago. Last year it was uh, Abraham Lucas. Those two guys outplayed where they were drafted, especially Brown, who went about this spot at 96. Brown was a first round pick to me. Abraham was a second. I think Jalen Duncan's a second. If you pass him on in the third, you're going to regret it. Your, your teams are going to regret not taking this guy if they let him get into the 90s. They really are. He's he's about he. I think he weighed in over 300 pounds. He was like 295 at the at the Senior Bowl, and he came into the the, uh, the NFL Combine. I think at 303. I got the numbers in front of me. Why don't you just you know verify that, Scott? That'd be a an interesting it, take. Six six three oh six. 33 inch arms. Uh, five, one on the 40, 31 and a half inch, uh, vertical jump. He's a good athlete. He's got great feet. He holds his, his, his spot. Well, good anchor. He's a good player. He really is. I think he's a basketball guy. No, that was, uh, that was the big kid from Ohio state was a basketball guy. 
Dewan Jones. probably played basketball. He's six six and can move. Yeah. But Jalen Duncan's my my pick for this year. That if you let him get into the nineties, you're going to regret it. Yeah, he's uh, he's a good one. Uh, I will say his tape at Maryland, I I thought his anchor was very poor um, from what he had, but he was playing at probably about two ninety. So I'm curious to see what his Maybe. body is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he, so he was ten pounds heavier from Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl to a month later to yeah. NFL Combine and still drew in a 32 inch vertical vertical leap at 306 pounds. Yep. So, but on tape, uh, the anchor was not always there, and his hand placement was. You, we're talking about the traits here, but for mm-hmm. offensive line, it's a very technical position where you can be a great athlete, but if you're not doing the right thing with your hands, then it doesn't matter. Uh, so he's he's got work to do there on tape, but like at the Senior Bowl, I mean, it looked like things were catching up with him there, and sometimes you have a guy in a system for a while, and the coach is just not a good fit for them, or it doesn't click, or they kind of like, oh my gosh, I need to wake up now because this is about money <laughs> these yeah. days. So uh, things might have clicked for him, but he's got all the tools. Uh, the only thing that's like a tool, like, I wish he was 34 in charm length versus 33. Mm-hmm. And we're talking one single inch there, but 34 is the cutoff for a lot of teams um, there. But other than that, uh, he makes a lot of sense. Final point I want to make before we went on to the fourth round here, Scott, could the Broncos be looking at a wide receiver here? Uh, we've talked a lot about the wide receiver here. The Broncos keep, you know, talking about maybe moving on from Sutton and Judy. They put a kibosh on that for a little bit, but it could come up again. And also the Broncos were linked to Alan Lazard. They were linked to, um, uh, Adam Thielen. This, this is obviously a room that they're looking to change a little bit. And this third round is where I think you have to be thinking wide receiver uh, for the Broncos. If you're going to end up taking one, because all the ones I like pretty much go off the board around this range. So Marvin well, let's, Mims. Let's, went- let's think about it logically, Nick. How many wide receivers did you have last year for the Denver Broncos? Two. Two. That's right. Yeah. You had two. You had Sutton and Judy. You, yep. you know, you had a roster full of guys, obviously, but Tim Patrick wasn't healthy. KJ Hamler wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. You had two. You mm-hmm. need you need more. You don't yep. know for sure what Tim Patrick's going to bring back. I'm not counting on anything from KJ Hamler because he hasn't shown me anything in three years. Yep. So you need wide receivers. You know, it'd be great. It, it, even if you have Marquez Callaway comes in. Okay. That's a nice depth piece. You're wanting him to be four five or six. Uh, but you could absolutely, and there's good wide receivers here. We, we are um, talking about um, Trey Palmer. Here he is at 98, yep. Cleveland Browns. He's a third-round guy. Could you take him early and bring that 4-2-9 speed into the slot? Yes, you could. Yeah. Yes, you could. And he's a receiver. Yep. You know, he's a, he's a, he's not just a fast guy. Oh, Jalen Burzel. No, Jalen Burzel is a track runner who's out there playing football. Trey Palmer is a receiver who's fast. There is a difference. Yeah, and just the names, I've mentioned these names a lot on here, but again, this is the range where these guys are going, and I think it could make a lot of sense. The Broncos, I think, are looking mostly for speed at that position. So you mentioned Trey Palmer. I don't know if I'd take Palmer at 67, 68. If the Broncos trade down from one of those pick and they're picking, Mm -hmm. you know, 80 to 90, yes, sign me up. But the the names that in that range for 67, 68 that are really close, uh, clumped to this um, pick are Marvin Mims went 62. For sure he could be there at 67, 68 uh, from Oklahoma. He was awesome at the combine in the drills and whatever, and great film as well. Uh, then you also have a little bit further down from where the Broncos picked up three wide receivers, four wide receivers in a row. Um, and I think three of these guys make some sense for the Broncos. Tyler Scott goes to Atlanta. I love Tyler Scott. I think he's definitely on the board for the Broncos in that spot. And also a guy that we mocked to the Broncos round four on Tuesday in Jaden Reed from Michigan state, who's a returner and was awesome at the senior bowl. Uh, ran a 4-4-5-40, 33.5 vertical, 
uh, attested extremely well as a special teams guy as well. I think he was a big 10 special teams player of the year in 2021 uh, as a returner. So uh, big play threat guy who could be awesome for the Broncos there. I think wide receiver is very much on the table with those names mm-hmm. listed specifically. Yeah, I agree. Even if oh, we're not trading Sutton or Judy, why do you need a receiver? Cause you only had two last year. You yep. only had two and both of them spent a little time injured as well. And you it know, sets the table to move on from either of those guys the following season, which yeah, guess if what? You need if, to, if you need, if you need to, to, but you definitely need wide receivers. Yeah. Um, so again, and it's just a, it's a health factor. So yep. absolutely. Um, going down to uh, round four, the Broncos pick at 108. And here's where they go. Interior offensive line. Denver Broncos take John Gaines guard slash center. Maybe I don't know too much about him, honestly. Oh my um, gosh, Scott, you're going to, Pull up his uh, mock draftable then, or his Ross, whatever you want to call it. Because oh, UCLA, yeah, he. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but he tested like he was the one player who hit that like short shuttle threshold that uh, like all the elite interior offensive linemen have had, and uh, he is an athletic. He tested like an absolute freak. Uh, his tape was a little bit up and down, but if you're looking for a ball of clay kind of guy on the interior, he was like the single best interior offensive line tester in the entire combine. Uh, he he's. He was 6'4", 303, good arms, 33 and 5'8", uh, a 173 split, which was amongst the leaders. And and I think it may have been number one at guard. And then a, a 445 shuttle time, 731 El Cone, 32-inch vertical leap. So solid. Yeah. He, solid. A little light. A little yes. light, you know. And, and again, those numbers aren't that much different than Jalen Duncan, who is – you know, taller and has a wingspan. So when we're talking about athleticism and stuff, um, you could go this way for sure. I'm not wowed by it. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, an athletic, an athletic guy. You talk, like you said, a ball of clay. If I'm in the fourth round and I can get an athlete like this, um, I haven't seen him block. Is it, you know, how's he do at the point of attack right now? That's my biggest concern is, uh, you know, I, I especially with what Peyton is going to want to try and do. I want someone who is a mauler first, you know, and then then we can worry about the the athleticism. I, I don't think there's any reason to compromise on that. So I don't know too much about him, flat out. Okay, well I'll share his just the uh, questions I have. Yeah, his uh, mock draftable chart here um, is uh, pretty damn special um, overall mm-hmm. looking. So again, tape was not all great there, but uh, the look at his number one comparisons here. You got Joel Batino, you got Ali Marpet, you got Rashawn Slater, you got Braden Daniels. I think a little bit further down you have Joe Thune, and he's like 90th percentile uh 93rd percentile above in every single athletic testing for guard specifically oh so you know who that looks like to me that looks like a center and let's put him at center let's see what happens that, here. that looks like a center you might it, it might just be um interior ol but that looks like a center it's like okay well he's a little light for a guard but he's athletic as hell center that looks like a center yeah because you don't necessarily so have to you don't necessarily want those 330 guys at center you want guys that can move a little bit more, but still hold up. You know, they don't have to be as obviously as strong as the guards. They just can't be as weak as Cushenberry's been. Yeah. So uh, he's a, John Gaines is a player that uh, athletic ball of clay, probably not somebody you want starting day one, but uh, again, tested like a freak. If you're going to bet on traits, that's one that uh, would be interesting there. I know that uh, he was one of the guys that after the combine, he's like, okay, pay attention to this one. So John Gaines, there are other players here for the Broncos that I was uh, interested in this range. A few picks later, you had the guy that I mocked the Broncos in their in my pre uh, free agency mock draft, 
in uh, Moro Ajomo, who's an inside-outside pass rusher from Texas. Uh, 285, can play that four-eye technique, uh, can play edge, can play three technique. Uh, like him a lot. I know the Broncos have been linked to De- DeMarvian Overshone, linebacker from Texas, off-ball, uh, or stack linebacker. Um, he went a few picks later. You can call him inside. That's where he plays. Inside, that's for sure. Uh, Sydney Brown has been great at Illinois. That's he was I was one looking of the at, too. Safety. Go ahead. Take, mm-hmm. the, take the floor. That's who I was, was looking amazing. at, too, with Sydney Brown. You know a lot more of these guys than I do. I know about a hundred of them from Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, Sydney Brown was a standout uh, safety from Illinois. If you wanted to 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 get your tight end, you know Zach Kuntz is right there at tight end, also available. Um, some of the other guys, Yaya Diaby's at one twenty seven, and then my guy Jonathan Mingo at one thirty to the Buffalo Bills. I promise you, you don't want Jonathan Mingo at the Bills. That's a freaking promise. <laughs> That'd be a fun. That'd be a fun combination. Uh, also, this is the area where I'm really looking running backs uh, for the Broncos. Earlier, round three, I was looking wide receivers. Running backs here, if you're looking for somebody to pair with uh, the likes of Samaj P. Ryan, because let's say you don't have uh, Javante Williams at all next season, um, then there's two running backs in this area that I'm like, yes, I am very interested in this area. Uh, Roshan Johnson, who I adore at Texas. If he, if he didn't play in Bijan Robinson's shadow, I think we'd be talking about him as a top 80 pick. He was there um, the first day at Senior Bowl and looked good doing it. Now, it's tough to do too much. Y'all yeah. you, you hear me say all the time, so I'm not going to hedge on that. Running back and linebacker are the two positions that are hardest to scout at an all-star event because they don't hit. Yeah, uh, They they do some, but it's more like bump. Yeah, um, It's kind of like a super intense Nathaniel Hackett practice. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) look out shots fired. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely running backs to be had here in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. And as you move on to the fifth round of Jordan Reed's mock draft on seven round mock draft on ESPN plus he's got Denver taking Zach Evans running back from Ole Miss. I like Zach Evans, uh, Ole Miss. My issue is that it's the same issue as I have with uh, Dwayne McBride, is that he fumbles the ball like freaking crazy. Um, and part of that's because of how much work he was probably having there. But uh, I and it, actually, Jordan Reed liked this pick so much that he actually had a little blurb about it. It was like the one pick he talked about for round five, saying, my favorite prospect fit in round five, Zach Evans to the Broncos. Evans could go higher than this, as NFL scouts have mixed opinions on his outlook. In Denver, with the uncertainty of Javante Williams, who is coming off a severe knee injury, Evans would enter a situation where there are plenty of carries available. History has shown Sean Payton loves versatile running backs who can not only be used as a threat in the run game, but a playmaker in the passing game. Evans would bring upside at multiple spots in the Broncos offense. I got to say, I'm not the biggest uh, fan of Yeah, then go Evans. Chase Brown. Chase Brown's one. The, also, the fourth round, we were talking, you know, John Gaines. I'm fine with John Gaines, but the guy who it might be the one of the best receiving backs in this uh, draft is uh, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, who's unbelievable out of the backfield. If you're looking for a guy who can be a compliment in the pass game, Kenny McIntosh round four is like a guy who like, he might be just as good as a slot receiver as he is as a running back. Um, right. Not overly great at anything, but he's just solid across the board. And then uh, Eric Gray was available here at Oklahoma yes. too. Again, when we start talking running backs, there's guys here and we've had this conversation before, you know, why not be, be John Robinson in the first? This is why, this is why. Mm-hmm. Cause I can still get really good players in the fifth round at running yeah. back. Uh, Quentin coming in as a question for us. He says any possibility we send our two second round picks to a first round pick and who would be the best position? Quentin, I don't think so. I think you're looking to have more shots, not less. Um, and I don't know that this is the draft really that you'd want to trade up for. I think you're better off. I'd rather have 
four third round picks than two second round picks right now, Nick. And I would yeah. definitely have would rather have four thirds and or two seconds than a than a middling first round pick right now. I'd rather have sixty seven and sixty eight than let's see, there was two. And there aren't two second round picks. It's two third round picks. It's two third round picks. So anyway, you, you couldn't trade your two thirds. You don't have two seconds. Yeah. You couldn't trade your two thirds to get up into the first. And you might be able to move up into the second for that, but I don't know that I would. Um, I might say, like Nick likes to say, I might trade a third and a 2024 seventh to get up seven or eight spots to get my center if yeah. they're there. But I still have as many picks this year. I'm not giving up any picks. Yeah, I think the Broncos, if they do trade up, it would be tiny. And it's because a player that you really love falls to pick 64. And how much does it cost to get from 67 to 64? Not a lot. Uh, so you're probably talking about you know that pick and then a fifth this season to get up. And then I'd turn right around and use that next pick that you have there, 68, to trade down and uh, accumulate the picks that you just lost. <laughs> so that's there's going to – and we know for sure. I think the draft is uncertain. But if we can make any bets, it's that Sean uh, uh, George Payton is going to make a few moves in the draft. He likes to move around up and down a little bit, specifically uh, early day three. I mean, the Broncos are not going to be picking where they're at right now. Uh, so Jeremy Sean saying, do we still need running back? Uh, Javante supposedly ready for camp. P. Ryan, T. Jones, Murray still possibly in the wings. I, From what I've gathered here, the Broncos people in the, uh, the PR front of things really backed off. Uh, from the Javante Williams being ready for week one of camp. After that happened and the more people got their claws and uh, dug into that, Broncos uh, front office and people that are connected be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't really, we said they, anything could happen. You know, the world could end tomorrow. Javante Williams could be ready by week one. You know, the, the future is unknown. But I think that it's way more likely right now that we don't see Javante Williams at all next season than he is ready for week one. So... Yes, you can always hedge. You can get talented running backs later in the process. You really can um, for cheap if you needed to. I mean, Latavius Murray was yanked off of someone else's practice squad in the middle of the season. Um, so you can always hedge and not have to spend a draft pick on something like that. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, you've got time to figure that out knowing that I can get a running back later. It's like, oh no, what if he's not ready and I didn't take one in the draft? No, you're okay. You're okay. I can get competency at the running back position anytime throughout this, throughout the 12 months of the year. So that, that one's not as big of an emergency. So we'll, we'll see Jeremy. That's a, that's a wait and see question for me. Um, yeah. And there's, I mean, even looking at round th seven here um, in this uh, mock draft, there are running backs that would make a lot of sense for the Broncos. Muhammad Ibrahim uh, from Minnesota. He's a bowling ball, not any big play threat, but like his yards, like he, his vision, his patience. He looks like CJ Anderson out there. I think that's the best way I can compare him. He's a CJ Anderson running back. Chris Rodriguez in the seventh round. He's still available. Keaton Mitchell um, from Eastern Carolina. He's still available. He's a good back. Um, and a guy that I think would be a great fit for the Broncos Late, I mocked him around six to the Broncos. He goes around seven here. Uh, Evan Hull tested great, good uh, pass catching back, good slasher from Northwestern. Who, guess what? That's who the Broncos just hired as their uh, running back coach, the former Northwestern running back coach. So there are running backs available. Robbie Red comes in. He says, at this point, does Albert Ho have any trade value? Uh, Okawebenam, he says, will Sean Payton actually use him? On the first one, the answer is no. He was a first round pick that, I mean, a fifth round pick that hasn't. Fifth, I thought he was a fifth. fifth. I think I think fifth. I thought he was yeah. a fifth, but he was a later round pick for sure. 
who hasn't done much. So it's not like his value has increased and he was a fifth to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, Will Sean Payton actually use him? We'll see. It remains to be seen. Um, He played more after Nathaniel Hackett was fired. And even in his big game, he fought the ball. My goodness, he fought the ball. He had a good game to end the season. I don't remember which one it was, including a touchdown pass reception. But um, no, I don't think you do. Maybe you can play him into some value and spin him before the trade deadline next year. But, you know, if you were to get something for him, it'd be like, oh, a 2024 seventh, which to me is no. That that means no for me. That's no value. Yeah. That's uh, maybe you can do a thing where like you uh, send Alberto Quabenom and a 2024 seven for a 2023 seven. <laughs> and it's essentially you're just getting the payoff now. Uh, but that's that's main, that's mainly just unloading salary and stuff. So not not a big difference there. Uh, final pick for the Broncos in this mock draft by Jordan Reed. And again, shout out to Jordan Reed for doing a seven round mock draft uh, for somebody like me who is in love with the draft process. This last couple of years has been rough without the Broncos having those draft picks. So those seven round mocks are freaking manna from heaven. So we appreciate you. Uh, the last pick he has the Broncos going uh, offensive tackle from Michigan, who might be an offensive guard in the next level, Ryan Hayes. Uh, again, six round player offensive line. Will he make the team? Will he make the team? We'll see. Uh, He's an interesting player. I think he's okay if you can talk about him. Maybe you know, back end of the depth chart it might be practice squad year year one. But he's an interesting player, and I know he was at the Senior Bowl as well. Yeah, this is Ryan Hayes at right tackle. And what was interesting about Hayes was he had a really rough first day. Um, you know, so if you're asking me here, you know, the, I was like, my goodness, he was one of the worst performers. He got better and better as the week went on, and as soon as they went to live, like he, he got his lunch in the first day of one on ones. And ended up, I'm looking at this this file I've got here. I ended up with like a five-minute highlight reel of him. Um, winning reps, right side, left side. Now, a couple of these are against Andre Carter. So, you know, those are the one-on-ones. Um, but I, I have him here at live reps. And I'll, the arrow will pop up for you. Here he is at left tackle. You know, pulling out. Look at him getting downhill. You know, he's, he's a good athlete. Good frame. Right tackle here. You know, that's kicking a guy out well enough to to get into the run, open up some run lanes. Here's Andre Carter again. Poor Andre Carter. He had such a tough week. Yeah. Um, but Ryan Hayes in the sixth, I'd be all about that. Or the, the, yeah, in the sixth round, because you don't have a seventh. I'd be all about that. I think that would be a good pick. I don't want him to start right away, but I was very impressed with how he bounced back from such a rough start at the Senior Bowl. I really was. And, and if you go look at his... His uh, his video on my channel, there's four minutes of it, I think. YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy. Um, you'll like what you see, especially for that round. And and, and he, he's big. Um, yeah. Ryan Hayes, Michigan, 6'6 six, six and a quarter, 298 pounds. 7'3'9 Cone. So we saw some of that that uh, that movement as he as he got downhill there. Had a nice, nice lean to him. So six round, I can live with that. Yeah, he's got a weird, uh, unfortunately, kind of a weird body type here where he's really tall and uh, not super heavy with short arms. Uh, 32 and a half, yep. Not what you want for a tackle, and I don't know if he has enough mass. Uh, the, the point of attack kind of stuff with him uh, would be might be an issue. And the other guy here, so looking at this mock draft, the one who jumps out to me, um, again, we talked about running back earlier. The very next pick in this mock uh, for the uh, in this Broncos mock would be Dwayne McBride. If you could have used a different pick on fifth round and taken Dwayne McBride there in the sixth, I think he's even more explosive than Zach Evans. 
um, and it has the same fumble issues. <laughs> so uh, maybe wait around. And also then the guy who really stands out to me is Emil Ekior. That's who I was just about to say too. There's your center. There's your yep. project center. Jacksonville Jaguars at 208 have Emil Ekior uh, center University of Alabama. Yep. And then you could have gone a different position round four there. So again, you don't ever know what's going to happen. I, there's no issue with them taking both of those guys and then seeing how it plays out. Uh, you know, maybe Quinn Miners has injuries again, then you're pushing the unit and maybe you can get younger, cheaper there and give a uh, Zach Streif, uh, Strife, Streif, some uh, talent there on the interior. But Keith Brugman with a final question, unless we have some super chats here from some closers saying, is there a player in the draft that will be available for us that would change the direction? Look for the Broncos on either side of the ball. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I have one for you. Um, a chain Devon, a chain is a running back from Texas A&M and he is an absolute track star. Uh, he was think taken late third round in this Jordan Reed mock draft. His range has been for anywhere I've seen from 50 to 90. Um, he's a mid day two player and he's one that if the Broncos added him, he would be a completely different skill set than the Broncos have had on this roster for a long time. I mean, he is a home run threat at running back, super explosive, big, uh, big play threat and uh, could be a really interesting weapon for the Broncos. Uh, Keith, I'm going to come back to you. I want to say hi to uh, Gina Cooper, who says, good morning, Broncos country. Hope the coffee is hot. I still got a Mine's little Mine's empty. Uh, <laughs> your day is starting off on a good note. That it is. So thank you very much for the stars, Gina. Appreciate you being here. Um, Keith says, yeah, and the thing is, Keith, uh, look at it. This, if, if, I'm look, if these are the players that were taken in the fourth, now obviously that's not it, but how many of these guys will be available? Some of them should. Um, I, I see half a dozen of them here, Nick, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, I don't know all of them. Jonathan Mingo. We mentioned him tank Dell jitterbug wide receiver that you can throw on the slot as a, as a punt return guy too. Um, let me cheat and go on a defensive line and not just wide receivers. And I can say, Yaya Diaby. Um, he was excellent at the senior bowl. Excellent. And then edge. I'm pretty sure what his testing numbers were solid too. edge Louisville. Uh, Yaya Diaby, he was 6'3 and a quarter, 265, 34-inch arms with a 4'5", 140, and a 37-inch vertical jump. If this guy goes 150, someone should be fired. A lot of people should be fired. Yeah. Um, so uh, Nick mentioned Kenny McIntosh, you know, another running back that could go. So there's lots of players that could make it, that could be impact players for you that you could get in the fourth round. And I'm just trying to think positionally, what positions have this best learning curve or the smallest learning curve? It's running back. And and I was going to say, usually it's at a position that you don't think of as high value. You can have high impact, but maybe I can get a, you know, a a starting center in the fourth round because Mm -hmm. they're not valued as high. Well, let's go talent at that case. Then let's get a high talent, if not a high value position. Um, And if I can get lucky on a guy like Diaby following, falling or a wide receiver uh, in the fourth and, then even better. Yeah. I think almost everywhere on defense and offensive line, you're not probably going to have the massive day one impact. Um, but you never know if those guys happen. Uh, DWI guys coming in saying great show, Jensen Broncos country. Everyone have a great weekend. Ethan, you have a great weekend too. It's uh, funny. Yeah. You guys said uh, you mentioned closer and it's the cheese for Ethan. It's the bat signal. Um, so uh, <laughs> there's the closer coming in with that uh, beautiful raspberry color. Um, so Oh, it's almost berry season here in the Pacific Northwest, so I'm getting excited for that. We have the best farmer's market berries. It's unbelievable. And you need more hobbies, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a You're hike You're getting excited about berry season? Good Lord. Who's the 50-year-old and the 30-year-old in this bunch? I uh, Last year, I did a 15-mile hike, um, and uh, we had a hike that— I'm just uh, teasing. I, berry season means bear season. 
Yes, it does. But I did a hike last season in Rainier where I hit, uh, hit four different layers and I was able to find four different berries um, on the exact trek and, you know, ate them all salmon berries, huckleberries, blueberries, and uh, thimbleberries. Ate them all, you know, pulling them off the brain. I'm like running ahead of my group and just like scarfing down berries and they catch up. And they're ahead. camping. Watch out for those dingleberries. Kind <laughs> of watch Patrick, out for those too. Thank you for, uh, thank you for everything. Um, yeah. Hope you have a great weekend. And uh, Ethan, to you as well. And uh, those of y'all that came in early and get, really got us kicked off. Uh, Michael, uh, Quentin, let me look up here. Gary, I know Gary was in here. Gary leads Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I want to make sure I don't miss anybody in here. Elliot D coming in. Uh, Gary, Michaela, we'll see you tonight. Quentin, Jamal Killings, killing it. Philip yeah. Hogginson for sure. And then to Michael finish Ranquillo. us out on Facebook, Michael Ranquillo. Yeah. Thank you very much. Killing it again. Yeah. Great. And yeah, Keith says huckleberry season's huge in Montana. It's amazing. I love huckleberries. Gina, uh, Gina last time, but potential to build on depth during the draft this year, I believe for availability of players once third, fourth round, we should be sitting pretty good and definitely have faith in Sean Payton with his veteran experience as a coach going into the draft this year. It's a big year for Sean, uh, for Sean Payton. It's a big year for George Payton uh, draft last season, a little hit and miss this year. Better figure it out. Uh, better be a little better. And it's too early to totally disparage last year's draft, but, uh, this is a big one. You better be able to get it right. So uh, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Got draft season. We talked. I was like, what are we going to talk about today? I guess we can do the Jordan Reed mock, and we're at, we can still go on uh, for probably another 30 minutes here with some of these prospects. Yeah, good thing we didn't have a first and second round, huh? <laughs> we probably would have to start earlier. Um, cut off the coaching tree, talk a little bit. But you guys are great. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, also make sure you're on if you're on facebook follow us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod instagram at my mile at high at mile underscore high underscore huddle there we go apple podcast find us there leave us a five-star review and as the ticker says there underneath if you're joining us on youtube today please like subscribe share hit that bell notification so that way you know when we go live and if you're on facebook still click the thumbs up on the way out we got way more viewers than uh likes interactions here we got the wow react from chase wellner god bless bless you chase i always love the uh the funny reacts on there so uh appreciate you guys scott plans weekend what's going on baseball naturally okay That's yeah fair. so uh baseball and because uh, softball's off this weekend so um we'll be in tonight with the mile high huddle crew uh Zach and Chad and Michaela is joining us tonight. Michaela Israel is joining us tonight. And then um, two baseball games with my 13-year-old tomorrow evening. So I will not be in the chat for Dove Valley Deep Divers on Friday night. So I'll see y'all probably Saturday with the Mile Mile High Insider Swap as Luke and Thomas go Saturday night. Well, that'll be awesome. Uh Make sure you guys are tuning in to watch the Iowa Hawkeye ladies these, this weekend. They go up against the absolute freaking juggernaut that is the, I think, 36-0 and 0 South Carolina uh, Gamecocks ladies are unbelievable. Um, and uh, congrats to Alex Jones, um, <laughs> whatever that was. But we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, have a great weekend. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. And, uh, yeah, opening day for the cards. Playing the Blue Jays. Such a weird opening day. Day of baseball. Opening. That's what's going yeah. on. It's not yeah. just – that's what's awesome. It's not just opening day. It's day baseball. The Braves are on at one o'clock today. If I was ever in a position of power, I would mandate that there was at least one day baseball game every day. Maybe even two. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. But there's got to be at least one. Yeah, I'll be going to the Mariners game on Monday. So they're playing the Angels and it's a uh, bark at the park. So we're taking the dog. So wish me luck <laughs> with that one. But you guys have a good one. Uh, appreciate you guys always. Like I said, choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. 
Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.